Hey, so this is an interview with my mom-in-law, one of the most amazing people I know. Um, hope you enjoy. It's a lot about Boston, um, her getting breast cancer and overcoming it. And um, my son is in the background um, being a pest. Um, I'm just going to stream it as it was recorded and not edit it. Um, so there's parts of the audio that cut in and out due to Wi-Fi problems. Um, we lost connection once and then got it back. And um, I'm about to tell embarrassing things about my son on this podcast and then stream it live. So he'll leave me alone. Um, and so just enjoy. And I'm not going to be editing any of these. So hopefully you will be able to look past that and and get some of the pretty amazing thoughts that she has and experiences and be able to enjoy that like I did. Hello. Hello. Hey, can you hear me? I can. Yes. Awesome. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? Good. Good. I'm stoked to get get you to do this it's awesome oh I don't know if there's anything <laughs> interesting <laughs> no you have such an interesting story it's funny because Chad was sitting by me um when we were messaging about it and I read him the messages and like your response of oh I don't know you know like how interesting it is and just kind of like put down like your list yeah and he uh like that's amazing right there like that's interesting <laughs> just the little short list you listed oh lord well i don't know what um you're wanting to know whether you want to know you know training recommendations for building speed or whatever or whether you just want history stuff or or what you so, like i would say all of the above so whatever you feel like you want to share so i started this podcast um and you're only the second interview, but like, I've been thinking about it for a little bit and then just really wanting to kind of motivate people to like, get out there and try, okay. you know, try something and to like, realize that they can do it. Um, and also, so like for motivation, but then also just like ordinary people are fascinating, you know, like uh -huh. just as you get talking to somebody, you're like, oh my goodness, like that's your story is pretty amazing. And so that's something else like else that I just wanted to kind of tap into is just like regular people and, but like how amazing their stories are. Okay. So, that's yeah. So do you want me to just go? <laughs> or what? <laughs> so, yeah, I would say what would you like kind of start with, like if you did, your life summary, life and running summary that kind of brought you to where you are today. And then like, I'll kind of jump in and ask questions as, as you go. Does that work? That works. Awesome. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. I started running uh, because I, I was a working mother raising two children and my, my daughter came home, was running uh, on the cross-country team in junior high and the track team. 
And a fundraiser came up called the Eagle Flight Run to support the Delaro Golden Eagles at Delaro High School in Loomis. And I thought, well, gosh, that would be three miles. I wonder if I could run that far. <laughs> Other people had paid money to sign up for this. So I did. And uh, so I, I did that. And, and shortly after, a group of my husband's friends uh, signed up for a 10-mile run that went across the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. And he invited me to go. And I thought, oh, my gosh, 10 miles? Really? You know, I'm, I'm just a mom. I don't know if I can run 10 miles, but I really wanted to go to San Francisco. So, right. <laughs> and the group sounded fun. So I started training. And several days before the race, uh, men decided that wives and girlfriends weren't coming. Oh, no. So I was devastated, but my wonderful husband dropped the group like a hot potato and took me to San Francisco and we, we ran that race. I, I learned to run more awesome. and more and enjoyed it. Yeah, it's pretty, so I, I, like, you know, just like you look at 10 miles and you're, you know, like in your mind, you're like, oh my gosh, I could not run 10 miles. Like it sounds so hard. It first. seemed insurmountable at the time, right. but I went down there and I, and and it just seemed like such a big a big thing. It did. It took me a long time. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't first. I wasn't first. <laughs> so I started learning more and more about my body and what I could do, and and became a little bit excited about that because it's like, hey, I'm I'm. This is something that I really hadn't done much before, and and I met a few people that were in very encouraging. Other runners are super encouraging, right? And. You know, when you're out running, a lot of problems can be solved because you have a captive listener for three or four hours. <laughs> right? Yeah, you can work through a lot of issues. <laughs> you can work through a lot of issues. <laughs> so, of course, all through my family and my work always came first. So when I started running more advanced races, I couldn't follow the um, pre-prepared training courses because I didn't have that kind of time. Right. So. I learned to be smart about my training and get the most out of it and not waste, waste those times. Yeah. Um, that, that is, is something. And, and of course my figure changed and, and I liked that. <laughs> so as I met more people, I had a friend Colleen decide that I, I had worked my way up to the marathon distance by then. And I had a friend named Colleen decide that, that I should try to qualify for the Boston Marathon. I thought she was nuts. Yeah. I came home and I mentioned that to my family. And my daughter just started laughing. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? And she said, well, like my mother could run the Boston Marathon. That would be ridiculous. Right. Well, then you have an opportunity for moment. Right. <laughs> so, so I, I signed up for the next California International Marathon, determined that I was going to do this Boston Marathon thing and started in. And uh, I, my friend Colleen would literally shoo me away if I was running too slowly and wouldn't let me run with her anymore. Yeah. So because she was my best coach. And uh, she actually owns a restaurant in Grass Valley, the Afternoon Deli. And she is a wonderful and encouraging running coach. So um, I went down and I purchased a treadmill to try to get faster. And I purchased it from a sporting goods store in Sacramento. Uh -huh. And I told her what I was doing because 
like going on a diet or whatever you're doing, the more people you tell, the more you're, yeah. Yeah. You might be successful. Right. Right. I told him and I went and I did all my training, a lot of high intensity interval training, taught myself to recover, um, an active recovery. I didn't let myself walk. So I'd go real fast and then, and then try to recover at a, at a speed that I wanted to run the race. And I did qualify. You did. And you shared that with me. And I felt that was probably some of the most valuable advice. Um, that I got in trying to qualify for Boston was from you just, you know, saying, well, teach your body to recover at an active recovery. Like even at an eight thirty pace, you know, teach your body to recover there. Um, and then, and I felt like that helped tremendously. I'm so glad that that was helpful. I still swear by that. I think that you, your body can do a lot. You have to be willing to get out of your comfort zone, but then Mm -hmm. you, teaching yourself to recover gives your brain confidence and you know that you're actually going to recover while you're still running along pretty good. So because of my limited time, I, that was the quickest way to get faster. And I still swear by that training, but a couple of weeks after the California international marathon, I got a phone call and it was the same sporting goods store. And uh-huh. they said, you And I said, well, well, I did it. Thanks to your treadmill, you know, that's what I used it for. And, you know, they sponsored me and gave me like $500 worth of clothes to oh, take the awesome. bus, which was, you know, here, a professional runner. Yeah, here I am still a new runner, just a mom, but <laughs> they thought that was a fun thing. And uh, so they, they actually sponsored me, gave me a whole bunch of clothes and shoes and, and everything. And off I went to Boston and just had a wonderful time. So uh, that was pretty cool. Um, I, I kept yeah. running and juggling and, and all of that and, and ran, I ended up running 25 marathons, <laughs> but uh, I started doing triathlons uh-huh. and uh, enjoyed those a lot, especially the half Ironman. I even flew clear to, um, West Virginia and did one on the East Coast, flew my bicycle back there and, and tried a few back here. And that was fun. And longer distance, half Ironman distance, I had dreams of doing a full Ironman. Mm-hmm. And then breast cancer came along. And uh, so five surgeries, chemotherapy, no hair, medica- medications and scars. Um, again, my running friends came through. Uh, One in particular, Stephanie walked with me several times a week because I couldn't run right then and made sure that I stayed in shape and got outside. And uh, like I said, the friends that I met um, through the running store locally or through, you know, meetup group type things um, were just invaluable because I worked my whole life and been a mom. I didn't really have a lot of girlfriends. So right. That to have those. So, and I know you're experiencing that too with, with meeting some really neat people through running. Yeah. Friends I've made through running. It's because yeah. you don't have people, the mom and as a working mom. And um, so if you're going to run, 
it's kind of nice to do it with other people. Then it's like you're doing two things at once. You're like hanging out with your friends and your friends. And, and <laughs> multitasking. Yeah, it's like their social time, you know, like an outlet. It's a lot of different things. Yeah, multitasking. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and, and again, you're back to solving those problems. And it's just really neat to be able to have the time that somebody will actually listen to you. I mean, you, you right. see things so quickly. All of us are busy. And you tell them real quickly your issue. And, you know, you can't even work through it yourself. But when right. you've got two or three hours of, of just nothing else to do but talk about, you, you just work and your problems, they're not really problems anymore when you get back. They're kind right. of all worked out and gone. <laughs> you know, they didn't even. Yeah. Talked them out. And yeah, yeah. sometimes yeah. that's what you So I've got the cancer. Yeah, and it's always getting oh, through this. You know, uh, all of that. And, and my one thing that I really wanted to do after that was, you know, gosh, this isn't going to define me. I want, I'm, I'm going to not only beat this thing, but my, for me, my goal was I had to come all the way back. So I had to qualify for Boston one more time. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I did, it was, it was harder this time because of all the chemotherapy and all that, but, but I did make it two of my best friends uh, qualified with me and we all went back there, three girls and just had a wonderful time together. But, but for me, I had won. It, I was back and I didn't need to, prove anything after that. I was only proving it to myself, but I wanted to make the cancer go away. And that's how I did it. Yeah. So, so Something that was, I've always been so impressed with you is just like your positivity, you know, and I feel like you have like a good outlook and a good way to just go on new challenges and new, you know, is well, you know, you can do amazing things and, you know, you can do hard things. And, and like I said before, you have to get out of your comfort zone and that's not comfortable, <laughs> but uh, right. it's temporary. And, um, you know, it, it's just kind of, I've learned so much about myself. I didn't know that you could, in two weeks time, I mean, literally changing your habits and, and you know, everybody, you know, you go out the front that first day and run and it just feels like you climbed Mount Everest and it's so right. hard. And the next day it's a little easier in two weeks. It is amazing. No matter what stage of your training you are in, whether you're just beginning day one, two weeks seems to be a magic time for me. And it's just amazing to me what you, how your body will change in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Is that kind of you've experienced is two weeks is the big difference <laughs> yeah yeah I think that that's like especially when I get back after you know, having Sierra it was able to run after she was born and like felt yeah. okay you know so yeah yeah but yeah I think I think for, for beginners, make, make sure you give yourself at least two or three weeks and don't give up and hang in there. And, and, but the biggest thing is don't overtrain. You, you can't run every day. Your body will gain more during the recovery time than it does yeah. during what you're doing athletically. And you just have to listen to your body. You have to take rest days at least a couple of weeks. 
and um, you'll get better much faster. I, I really feel um, by letting your body recover. Yeah, absolutely. I think that recovery is huge and often it's so easy as a runner, especially as you get going more to like overlook recovery, you know, yeah. and just keep going, going, going. And then you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm exhausted then because like, you need a few days to recover. And the big thing is you have to enjoy yourself because yeah. your time, you know, and, and it, you might not enjoy it the first two weeks if you're right. just starting, <laughs> but uh, after that, you'll, you'll, you'll love it. And you know, it is kind of addictive. You will keep right. wanting to do it. it. It's, it's a good feeling, but yeah. you know, I, I'm at a point in my life now where I have some back issues. I have scoliosis and, and I've had to relegate myself to walking and, and a spin bike. And I still do spin bikes and lift weights and, and all of that. I feel much better when I'm training mm-hmm. and, and getting my heart rate up. I use a heart rate monitor. I've always used a heart rate monitor ever since I bought that first treadmill to qualify for Boston. Um, I really like knowing what my heart rate is and what I can do and seeing, you know, how I can get it up and how quickly it comes down, which is a sign that I guess what I've done is working. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like your body's able to recover and the, the stress. Well, yeah, it's pretty neat how that, you know, you can, you can adapt so quickly and you can bring your heart rate right up and then it, it does come right down. And, and like back to the active recovery, it doesn't need to fall that fast. You can, you can stay pretty active and it will still gradually fall. Right. But it's hard to have the confidence to let it do that. But it's, it's fun for me. I, I find it all scientific and fascinating. Me too. I, that's like kind of what I use or four was like uh-huh. I that I in the same but if I kind of running form my mm-hmm. heart rate was lower and like but if I had kind of bad running form and I kind of tension my heart rate was way higher so it was interesting yeah. to me to like oh you know a lot of it was how I was using my body played a huge role and those days that what I find funny is those days that um, and my friend Colleen pointed this out early on to me um, that the the days when you're kind of slacking and but you feel real tired you'll look down your heart like I'm really not working hard I can tell here by my watch So then you have to just kind of talk to yourself going, your, your brain's playing tricks on you, <laughs> which it will. Right. No. Yeah. Um, so going, I'm going to, like one of the pieces you said that I really like um, is to keep kind of running enjoyable you know, like to kind of keep it fun. I don't know your exact words, but you have to still like what you're doing. And I love, uh, are you able to hear? Yeah, it's a little cutting out a little bit, but I can hear you. Yes. Okay. I might try to. Yeah. 
That's better. Hey, are you back? Oh, here I am. That worked. Oh, good. I'm, it'll be a little more clear. I bundled uh, up and I'm sitting in the driveway. Oh, <laughs> the car. Very good. <laughs> anyway, I don't remember where we were. Oh, you were asking me um, about that it has to be fun. Yeah, it has to be fun. fun. I enjoy the people because, you know, even if I had to go many of my runs, and I know yours are too, were way before daylight, before the kids got up, you know, with a headlamp on. Or, because I, I just, being so busy, I, I kind of craved um, having friends. Right. And just the adrenaline rush and getting my heart rate up and everything after you do that for a while and become comfortable with it, it, it just makes you feel good all day long. It does. I feel I get more done on the mornings that I start a day with a run. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I like try to sleep in and, you know, or just if I have too much to do today, you know, then I, I'm not as productive. Yeah. I, I read a thing one time when people say they don't have time to exercise uh, and it, I didn't make the quote, the, there was a doctor or something said, do you have time to breathe? Right. <laughs> because, you know, it, it's kind of something you need to work into your day and it may be uncomfortable at first, but, um, you know, it, it, it does make you feel better. And over the long, the long haul, it's just, it's no different than eating healthy makes you feel better or drinking enough fluids. Right. It, it will make you feel better over time and and it will keep you stronger exercising i i lift weights and things too to have a balance i really um as i'm getting older now (laughs) i really find that i don't exercise to look good i exercise to feel good yeah and i need to have a muscle balance so that everything works right without pain (laughs) (laughs) right you know, as you're getting older, I just saw the picture because it was just your birthday um, of you skateboarding birthday yesterday. <laughs> or was that Sunday? Well, it was very recently. Yeah, the last few days. Yeah. <laughs> I may have been so. skateboarding. <laughs> there's, a, there's an awesome slow motion picture of me falling on my backside oh, that was- <laughs> as well. <laughs> I missed that one. <laughs> so see you're very but well balanced you know I didn't get hurt <laughs> <laughs> right okay so kind of going back over as you're so because you trained how many times did you go to Boston I went to Boston three times okay and but you qualified more than that right I did. I qualified a number of times. Once I got my system down, um, yeah. it was, you know, it, was, it, it just seemed like an insurmountable task. But once I figured out what I did to train that, that helped me qualify the first time, that worked many times, maybe eight or 10 times I qualified um, in a row because I'd always end up right about the same time because my training system that I had worked. And, and at that time I was doing, you know, just a, a medium length, you know, six mile run once a week. I was doing a high intensity interval training with the active recovery that I talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, 
a week and, and I don't think you need to do it more than once a week. Right. Um, I was doing a tempo run once a week and a long run every other week. I do not, I never really ran a long one run every week. Um, every other weekend I would do a long run. And, and if I wasn't training for a marathon, then I would do a long run a month. Um, my long run, you know, after I'd run 20 marathons was right, you know, miles once a month. Um, right. but it didn't start out that way. You know, my long run might've been five miles. Right. <laughs> I would do it every other week. And, and I think that's enough. Your body will stay in shape for a month um, yeah. without anything. If you get sick or a cold or something, you're not going to lose anything for a month. But, but, you know, I didn't train every day. I took at least two rest days a week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I, if I missed a training session, that was okay. You know, it, it, it was, there were other more important things. If one of my kids had a sporting event, right. I was there. Right. Thing. Yeah. Like to juggle it around work and around kids, like your priorities <laughs> are things, you know, and then the running is kind of falls under like third priority, you know, like family work, like your responsibilities. And then running kind of helps you do your other responsibilities better. But yeah, it- it does. And, and I fit it in like, like that doctor said, do you have time to breathe? You know, I, I it right. was something that I do. I, I am a paralegal and I sit down for eight hours a day. You can't stay healthy and sit for eight hours right. a day. So you, you need to find time to do something. And if you're a mom with kids and sports and running around, you know, you, you, you just have to make time. And, and it really was fun. And, and I needed it mentally as well. Right. Um, time for me. Yeah. That, that was good. And, and, and I love it. And I have lifelong friends. Um, I went, oh, probably 15 years ago, a local running store um, had a, I heard was having a meeting and a little run for anybody of all levels. And I went and I met three other ladies that day and it's probably been 15 years and we are still very, very close friends. And, uh, several of us aren't even running anymore and we never miss each other's birthdays and we, we still get together often. And, you know, it's just the communities like that. Yeah. It's such a good close knit community, um, that I found in trail running is kind of what I, I like a lot is, everybody's so there to help and support each other. You know, it's not like throwing elbows to get past other people out there on the trail when you're racing. It's kind of like, Hey, how are you doing? You know, doing good, you know, checking in and, you know, making sure everybody's doing good and then talking to people for miles on end and, and all levels are welcome. Yeah. Yeah. And I love to see, I'd love to be out outdoors anyway and if you're out on a trail I used to call it speed hiking yeah people go why run it's like well it's just speed hiking I see twice as much as you do because I'm going a little faster right (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely and there's no there's no embarrassment in walking up a hill or or whatever you know if you're one of those people that can charge up that's fine but somebody told me years ago that if the guy in front of you is running and you're walking just as fast as he's running. Don't waste the energy. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> don't push. If you can walk up that hill as fast as you can run up that hill, run down the next one faster. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've like leapfrogged with other people for like 30 miles because they walk up the hills faster than I do, but I run down them faster than they do or something, you know? Yeah. I still get, I just like, they did, you know, past people walking that were on races and whatnot that were determined not to walk, but they were running, but they were actually running slower than they could walk. Right. So it's kind of funny that, that there is a, you know, you have to, like you were saying earlier, you have to hit an efficient um, stride. Yeah. And you'll your body, your body creates its own efficient stride and we'll figure it out on its own. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, there's a question that just popped into my head that disappeared. Okay. Okay. So, so, so you met, like you still good friends that you've been running with for years and have met, um, through running and then were they, cause were they during when you had cancer were or was that mainly just Stephanie? Mainly just Stephanie. I hadn't met the others um, yet, but Stephanie and Colleen that was there uh -huh. in the beginning uh, was very supportive. And uh, But Stephanie was, was just a jewel. She would skip her run to come over and walk with me. And we'd pick it up to a jog every once in a while. But, you know, I wasn't really supposed to be running. So right. I had to be careful, you know. <laughs> The, the medication and the chemotherapy is nothing to be messed around with. You don't want to pass out in the middle of the, right. of the woods. But um, I was careful, but I still got out there and enjoyed my outside and my trails and, and that sort of thing. And she always came with me to make sure I was safe. Yeah, that's a good friend. Stephanie's pretty amazing. She's she's a good good person. And you guys are still working out like once a week, right? Well, yes. We'll be here tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. to do an, we're, we're doing a COVID safe outdoor once a week weight lifting that we, that I stream online and I'll haul the weights out after we hang up tonight and they'll sit out there and, and we'll do a COVID safe social distant um, weight training session at seven o'clock in the morning. And I think it's only going to be about 39 or 40 degrees. <laughs> so we'll be, yeah. <laughs> But we do that every Wednesday and um, still stay in touch. And then we, we walk off and on. But we do, she she does come over and we do an outside weight training thing. So I um, we used to work out a couple of times in the house. But but with the social distance thing, we're staying, we're staying outside. And yeah. we'll see how we do this winter. But we always ran, rain or shine. Right. And so I don't really feel that we really I, I don't think we'll lift weights in the rain but um now I do have I can do it in the house and she can do it in her house and sometimes we, we can zoom you know, when we're doing it we're still exercising together but we're in two different houses but oh perfect. we do we've been getting together and working out now for 25 years that's so cool super yeah pretty amazing yeah and um so as you okay so kind of back to um because you qualified for Boston and ran Boston, was it twice? And then you got cancer and then you ran it again afterwards? Yes. Very cool. So how, what was the feeling? Like, was it more like of a treasured experience? You're the last time because of what well, you went through? It was because I was with my friends and it was kind of um, the end to me. 
of my cancer. I had come back. Um, unfortunately, I'd had the flu for about a month before I left, and the doctor had <laughs> oh, no. really released me to run until about a week before I'd missed the last month of training. So I knew it wasn't going to be pretty, but the doctor said, well, give it a try if you have to walk. And you know, it was, so yeah. it wasn't my race time-wise, but you know, it was kind of the end. The training part is the fun part. Anyway, all those trail runs and all those, t all that time with your friends. And I don't run with my friends in the actual race. Everybody has their own yeah. time that they do. They need rest at different times. They need fuel at different times. It's not efficient to run together in the actual race, but it, there's just nothing like the Boston Marathon and you've been there and you know the the crowds and the camaraderie and the cheering, you know, yeah. it just brings joys. And since I had been sick and that was as soon as I could come back, it, it was emotional. Right. And uh, it was it was just pretty cool that I was able to be back there. Yeah, absolutely. And and just like to get that sense of accomplishment. And was that after because was that after the bombing or the year? It was around... before, the year before. So, and yeah. in the exact time I normally came through on all of my marathons, that's right when the bombing occurred. You know, I think it was 408 uh, time or something like that. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, it was, it would have been, I would have been right there. So I'm glad that I wasn't there, but, and just, but it was just so surreal watching the bombing and and all of the sights were and sounds were so familiar to me I, since I've been there, and you know the finish line and the storefronts and and all of that uh, was so familiar to look at um, when you see the when you saw the bombing on the news and I could not I did not watch the movie I I just can't bring myself to do it. Yeah, so I did watch the movie. That came uh, movie came out and was in theater. If it's the same movie that you're talking about, it was in theater right like the like two days after I ran Boston. Wow! Um, and so I I did watch the movie, and it was like it made me want. That's like the only reason I want to go back is to kind of put in a little. Mm -hmm. Races and you know, like how long the the tradition of the race and the different parts of the race have been going on, and then to see, you know, the the bombing um, part was pretty like it felt like I felt the race almost more than I did when I was running it. And so that's like I was like I kind of yeah. want to go back so I can feel it more while I'm there. Um. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. I, I was amazed by how much participation their state is so proud of the marathon and how many college kids come out. Um, right. Boston more colleges than any other city, as far as I can recall that I was told and the college kids come out and, and they cheer you on. I mean, yeah. the college kids come out here and cheer you on when you run, right. but maybe <laughs> But um, there are some wonderful cheerleaders and in, in all of the races, but um, th there there's just thousands and thousands of people. Yeah, it, I was amazed at the crowd the whole time. Like, yeah, like here you have chunks, especially on trail runs. I mean, I have five, 10 miles sometimes where I don't see people, you know, 
on mm-hmm. during the race. And then, but like, even for the road runs here, you don't even touch. It was incredible how many people. It is. Yeah. And they're so loud. Like at Wellesley College, the, the ladies come out and scream and, right. uh, and they're so loud. And, and I remember running and there were a, a huge group of people and they had those little miniature trampolines and there were people bouncing and bouncing and bouncing for like a quarter mile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of fun to watch. It is. But each race is different. I mean, I've run 25 of them. So there's Big right. Sur. Um, there's Avenue of the Giants up mm-hmm. in the Redwoods. Mm-hmm. There's, um, you know, the California International Marathon here locally in, in Sacramento. Um, there's, there's just a lot of them. And then, and then, like I said, I, I moved on to triathlons and, and those are actually more family oriented. They usually have activities for your family and stuff. Yeah. So it becomes a friends and family type thing and barbecue and, but again, all nice people. Yeah. Lots of good people. Something um, that really touched on the Boston Marathon, usually, especially, I mean, right now you wouldn't do this, but um, usually you wouldn't just take like an orange slice out of some random child's hand and be like, thank you, and eat it. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, especially know? not this year. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, not this year. That wouldn't happen. But, you know, <laughs> then it was like, I felt like so rude. Like this kid was running out with this big smile. And, and like, you know where kids' hands are, <laughs> you know, like, kids, like, um, but it was like, oh my goodness, I couldn't turn down these kids that are like running out and bringing you orange slices. And it, it's just like such a cool, you know, experience to have so many people. Yeah, that is yeah. funny. I did learn a few years ago, though, that you need to be careful with what you take out of people's hands when they hand it to you. <laughs> I, I didn't know who the, um, what do they call the hash house harriers in the California International Marathon. And then at, at again, at a Folsom uh, half marathon, they hand you a, a cup at the end. And, and in, in the California International Marathon, I was handed a cup at the 20 mile mark. This was a few years ago. Uh-huh. And a swig, because this nice man handed me this cup that was going to change my life five miles before the end of the race. And it was beer. <laughs> that did not agree with me at mile 20. <laughs> right? <laughs> You're like, oh, God. I, I don't even like it. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty shocked. But um, apparently that is something that, so, so, so just taking anything out of someone's hands, you, you do kind of need to know what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I almost, there was at our like trunk or treat, like they had like a socially distanced, you know, like trunk or treat where they had like masks and, you know, all of this stuff. Um, and it wasn't the one through church. It was one, the one through Collins Lake. And they had little, they like at the end that she was like, oh, and these are for the adults. And, you know, I don't drink alcohol. And so I almost got, I was like, wait a second, that's a jello shot. <laughs> like, hold on. Oh up. my God. Well, <laughs> this club has been around for a very, very long time. And, and they're called the drinking club with the running problem. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. Various events and whatnot. And I saw, but I, at that time I didn't know who they were and they had a sign above their booth and handed it to me, but I didn't realize <laughs> that's what I was taking. That's hilarious. So when I was 
when I was running Boston, I might have told you about the two guys that I basically, you know how you tend to be the same pace with like a handful of people throughout your runs. So you see them about it. I was like yes. back and forth guys like the whole time. Mm-hmm. Good for me because they were both pounding beers, like maybe every couple miles, like no joke, oh They're, like downing beers. And then they yeah. got to the finish stopped like 20 yards before the finish line and did push-ups and ah. I'm like watching these guys like drink beers and do push-ups and I'm like and I'm the same place as them <laughs> you know <laughs> but the thing about Boston is your start you start the race with people that qualified at the same qualifying time as you uh-huh. they have everybody lined up and they're so strict so it is a weird thing because in most races people pass you you pass them but in Boston you're lined up in such a way that you are like you said with the same people for the whole 26 miles pretty much right (laughs) yeah that way you're having to pass a whole bunch of people you know there's some passing going on but Mm -hmm. you know they they try to line everybody up and they're kind of strict about it to where you're all about the same speed and where you start yeah. And everybody in front of you is faster than you. Yeah. It, that's kind of nice. You know, I like yeah. to pass, not be passed. So that was kind of <laughs> encouraging. It was one of my slower days. Yeah. I was grateful for <laughs> not being just yeah. like, how many elite people are there? Like that really, you're like, oh my gosh, like these people are amazing. And they just like fly down the course. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have to. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah okay I will say when I first started running marathons and I was slower before uh-huh. I started trying to qualify for Boston it's, it's a whole different thing we talked about enjoying your run and mm-hmm. if you go out and run just for fun and that is all and you don't care what your time is and that is there's absolutely nothing wrong with that it's, it's right. joy to you and there was a lot of joking camaraderie um, that sort of thing. Then when I started trying to make certain times, it was noticeably more quiet <laughs> when yeah. I would, you know, pick up the pace a little bit. People are more serious. They worked hard and they're not joking and laughing and other than your beer drinker friends in Boston, <laughs> but um, they're, they're not so much. So that's another choice, um, you know, that you can make for mar- training, do whatever, but but it is a different atmosphere when you start picking up the speed a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You do have to work harder, you know, and so you have to kind of dial in a little bit more and, and focus and really got to kind of handle that. Yeah. And the people around you are doing the same. Whereas back in the back, everybody's having a party. Right. Yeah. The back is <laughs> not so bad. <laughs> I like both. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but I like I like tell seeing what I can do. You know, yeah. I I I enjoy that seeing what I can accomplish, um, setting a goal and sticking with it, and, and seeing what my body can do. And if I put my mind to it, again, we can do hard things. Yeah, but you know, it, it was a you, I did give up a little bit of the social part during the race, not during the training so much. Right. Yeah. I, I feel um, amazing to see 
what the human body is capable of when pushed outside of its comfort zone. You know, like, but you have to push outside of the comfort zone to see those, that, you know, those strength gains in all areas. Um, Absolutely. And so, but again, like I said, you recover so quickly. It's amazing. Right. And teach yourself that even once you're out of your comfort zone and then you just pull back just a little bit, but keep moving. um, It's amazing how fast you can recover and just maintain a pace for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, it's a little bit of experience. You can't do it. It's just like anything else you do. You can't do it overnight. But, you know, like I said, two weeks, um, you really can accomplish a lot. Still the habit and start to where it's starting to become a lot more enjoyable to where you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got that. <laughs> no, so, I'm getting, I'm getting in the rhythm here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just have to convince Chad of that. Cause he, he likes to go out a couple times a year and buy like really nice trail shoes and then tell me he's going to start running with me, but <laughs> never do it. <laughs> so I'm like just two weeks. Well, he can- he can go on his mountain bike or on one of the horses. I tell you, when I used to be in the Folsom Lake Horse Patrol, and we would do, um, the, the, this is another reason I got interested in the longer distance running. Mm-hmm. We would do first aid on our horses for runs like the American River 50 mile race, running race. And, um, you know, there's a lot of running races around here. And I live near Folsom Lake and, and the American River. And so we would do the first aid. And um, so um, it's, I would, some of my trail patrol uh, comrades would, mm-hmm. would go out on their horses with me. And I would run and they would follow along on their horse. And we had a great time. That's awesome. That's, there you go. Put him on a horse. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> then if you get tired, you can hop on. Right. <laughs> they were you know they were happy to ride their horse and go along with me yeah that's so cool how how many years did you do the the patrol and the first date on horseback oh gosh I don't remember um uh, I don't I don't remember how many years it was a number of years ago mm-hmm. um had horses for eight or ten years as all so most of that time I think we did the horse patrol and we enjoyed that, but we, we were quite involved with the running community um, because one of our members, and actually she was the president of our organization at the time, was a Western States 100 runner. Oh, cool. And she ran Western States 100 every year. She ran the Way Too Cool. She ran a lot of ultra marathons, but she also um, did horses and, and did the Arabian style of riding um, endurance racing. Mm-hmm and Tevis Cup, that sort of thing. So I made friends with her and uh, she gave me um, lots of good advice and, and got kind of got me into the running community. But we, she would set up aid stations and volunteer our organization okay. to run the aid stations at, at certain runs and or do the first aid on horseback. So we were kind of organized by her to do that and, and recruited. So and speaking of runners, now that I think of her, she gave me some wonderful advice one time for trail riding. And I know I passed it on to you earlier that she said, uh, 
you know, if you're in a long race and something starts hurting or a long run, training run, and something starts hurting, it's okay. Just, just be patient because it'll go away and something else will replace it. <laughs> right. I remember, I, yep, you definitely passed that on to me and I use it every single run. Okay, this it goes hurts. Away. Okay, now it's gone, but now this hurts. Yeah, yep. absolutely. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, yeah. So Her name on- is Jen and she is quite a runner and I, I feel, still see her out there occasionally and it's been a number of years. Yeah. That's very cool. Is she still riding? I'm sure she is. I don't have contact with her unless I run into her on the trail. Okay. Which I have maybe a year. I'll run into her and we'll stop and talk for a few minutes. But she hasn't been on her horse when I've seen her, but uh, I'm sure she is. Yeah. Very cool. What were you guys have a couple pretty neat stories? Do you have any that you want to share with like offering first aid on the runs? Um, um, well, let's yes um we were following the american river 50 one year and um somebody came running down the hill it it runs between um sacramento state university area and and comes up to auburn Mm -hmm. and um a lady had wasn't doing well on the trail and so i galloped up and and you know found her and I actually put her on my horse and walked for a while. And then we found another guy who wasn't doing well. So I traded. Um, it was a hot day. So mm-hmm. she would ride for a while and then she would get feel better and she would get off and walk and he would ride my horse for a while. He was yeah. from somewhere on the East Coast. And, and as he was coming through the Rattlesnake Bar area of Folsom Lake, he said, why do they call this Rattlesnake Bar? Because it's so crooked. <laughs> <laughs> And I mentioned, because there's not really rattlesnakes here, are there? (laughs) He didn't ever want to get off the horse again. But uh, (laughs) I I hauled them out one by one for for quite a few miles, um, trading off until we could get to an aid station where we could get some a vehicle to, to help them. They they couldn't quite finish. They just their muscles were playing tricks on them. The the next year, um, the same race. Got a call um, that there was a woman down again, just like the last time, about the same area. This time I had my husband with me who was a firefighter and a certified EMT. And Mm -hmm. um, we got up and she was unconscious. And it was the same lady that I had hauled out the year before. Oh, And this time she was unconscious. And um, he swooped her up in his arms and said, get 911 right now. Meet me at the river with a boat. I need an IV. And he just started heading cross country for the water. She had had heat stroke and he did not like what he saw there and um, got her down to the water. And I was able to get up and get some cell reception and get 911. And they got there fairly quickly. And um, while I tended to our two horses and um, we got a card that she had gone to the hospital and, and was recovered and, and fine. And they wanted to thank us and thank our organization. The trail patrol and and all of that um but she just what had happened is she hadn't fueled properly and mm-hmm. your body plays tricks on you you know you need fuel and hydration and that sort of thing and and some people when they are starting to um not feel well they reject that and don't want it you know right. they might feel a little 
hydrated or whatever, but, but you really do have to force that hydration and fuel down and, and correct and let somebody know if you're not feeling well. And, and, uh, but anyway, all was, well, that was our job and we took care of it and, and everyone lived to race another day. <laughs> <laughs> that that's awesome. That's crazy that it was the same woman. I didn't know that. Was, it was the same woman two years in a row. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really know, you know, I wasn't with her for the beginning of the race, but I, you know, obviously something was wrong and it, and, uh, and, and she wasn't from, she wasn't local. I don't recall where she was from. Um, but you know, it gets darn hot here. Yeah, it does. It sure does. Yeah. So, yeah. And if you're not taking in those electrolytes, it's so easy to get dehydrated and overheat without, with even just water, you know, well, then you're like, what is it called when you have too much water, but not enough salt? Isn't that? Hyponatremia. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We yeah. had a lot of people. And one of the Boston marathons that I ran, I think it was the second one. It was very hot and humid that day unseasonably because the Boston marathon is in April, mid-April, very hot and humid. And a lot of people were having trouble with hyponatremia and, um, you know, just the heat and the humidity because people weren't used to it. And, you know, people from all over the world come there. And uh, so a lot of people, the first aid was quite busy that day. Yeah. But normally you don't see first aid be busy at marathons. It's, it's something that was an unusual sight. Yeah. It's not that people are dropping like flies in marathons. They're not. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, okay. So then with the horses, um, cause you also did, did you do trail, because you helped build trails, but that wasn't with the horses, right? That was. No, we were with the horses when we helped okay. build trails, and, and we put in, I, I actually uh, helped obtain a grant to put in the mileage markers that are on the uh, trail that runs between Sacramento and uh, Auburn and beyond um, the, the official Western States trail. The mileage markers that you see, if you've ever been on the trail, um, we helped write the grant for it and and mm-hmm. get and, and then did the measuring and installed those years ago and um, every half mile so that you can tell an emergency responder where you right. are maps that tie in with those mileage markers and uh, that that was good and, and we would reinforce the trails and, and work on them, that sort of thing. Yeah, which is, those trails are beautiful, so it's awesome that there's organizations that go out and maintain them and keep them. There are, yeah, there's some mountain bike organizations that that maintain trails around here and running organizations, the horse organizations. There there are a lot of people willing to help um, work on the trails around here. I've been seeing a lot of new trails coming in, and they're beautifully done. (laughs) And uh, we, we live in a nice area for that. That's awesome. It's, it's a lot of work. We're trying to build a mountain bike trail on our property. And uh-huh. we've only get like 100 yards. <laughs> you know? Oh. It's like, okay. It's a lot of work. And I've been to some trail building seminars. And 
and there's a lot that goes into it because they have to drain they have to you know have compaction you know i'm mm-hmm. sure in your yard not getting the scientific but for the public trails they get a lot of use right. and, and bikes go on them horses go on them people go on them and and you can't have erosion you know and and that so there's actually quite a lot uh, that go into building a trail yeah pretty awesome okay so looking back what is what do you feel like is some of your most memorable or like one of your most memorable either training or races or like moments that well the training is always the best part because <laughs> I love that <laughs> but um I I think the first time I tried to qualify for Boston I uh I just felt really good that day and you know it was something that I had worked hard for and I ended up 10 minutes faster than the time I needed oh awesome so I had cut like 20 to 25 minutes off my marathon time and I was just felt good and was so happy and that you know because I that's when I bought the treadmill and and learned to do the interval training and the tempo runs and and all of that and it was just I I didn't coming from just being a mom and working eight hours a day and all that not having run very much and and teaching myself to do that it it was kind of a big accomplishment for me yeah and and uh, I hadn't really known very many people not being in the running community that had qualified for the Boston Marathon before and and it was not something that I realized I could do um, so that was probably my most rewarding. That's awesome. It's, you know, it's amazing. Like you've said it a few times, like not thinking that it's something that you could do, you know, cause so often, um, we look at ask and it's like, I couldn't do that, you know, but <laughs> if you put, put your mind and your, you know, it's like your mind and your body to it, but it's mainly mental, I think, because you mentally have to get yourself out the door. And- it is. Well, one thing I don't know if I've heard with you is you, you didn't get to meet my father ever. Um, I, my father passed away when he was only 58 years old, but our family grew up. We were very uh, sports minded. We, my parents, when the, every four years when the Olympics would come on, would be glued to the TV. Mm-hmm. My father would say over and over again, he watched all the sports and everything, but those marathon runners were crazy. He said, <laughs> he said, they're, they're just not, that is not, that is the hardest thing that he's ever seen anyone do. And, and he, you know, he doesn't think that's good for people and, and, and all of that. Well, then he passed away before I became a marathon runner. And I really wish my dad could know, and maybe he does <laughs> that, that I did that, but he used to watch the, he'd be glued to the Olympic marathon, go just amazed that people could run, you know, 26 miles at that pace. And, and, uh, so it always kind of made me proud that I knew dad would like that. Right. Yeah. That, that you could prove him that, that you could do it. Yeah. But- that I could do it. And, uh, that his little girl could, could do that thing that he used to think was so amazing yeah absolutely that's, so that, that's fun for me. that's very cool I definitely Chad and I married like I read like a few articles and information on how mar- the marathon distance is so unhealthy and you know just like 
yeah, I'm never going to run a marathon. Um, like half marathon distance is good, but uh-huh. like marathon, like those people are crazy. What they're doing is so bad for their bodies. But then it's like, um, it's kind of, you know, I don't know if it's slip, but I don't feel like it's bad for you to do it right, yeah. and recover right. And, you know, now it's a whole different story. Now a marathon, like my, like, oh, it's just a marathon, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> it's like, well, again, I think it, it goes back to taking care of yourself. You have to listen to yourself. You have to rest. Yeah. Um, and let your muscles and your body and your system recover. I see so many people that train seven days a week or they'll run a marathon and they're back out three days later trying yeah. to run 20 miles again. You know, the the rule of thumb, unless you're a professional runner, is, is a day for every mile that your race was. If you ran it, you know, with great effort to try to, right. you know make your time um you know it's different for everybody but but you really do have to let your body recover yeah yeah I I totally remember I don't remember if I heard it from you um but heard that rule of thumb and I think one of the key things is like the with great effort because if you run it like it's another training run you know then it's not your body's not torn up but if you're yeah for like to PR or to do something and just push yourself to the max, then that recovery time is huge to really let your body bounce back and be able to keep going. Yeah. And you'll just keep tearing yourself down. You won't improve if you're rested. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do, you know, if if you're one of those people that have to be doing something, you know, you can do yoga, Mm -hmm. you can do, you know, other things like that, go for walks, but you have to let that that rest and that body recover. Yeah. One of my favorite recovery weeks, I would say was right after qualifying for Boston, I was torn up, you know, like, cause I pushed it to the max, like walking down a curb was hard, <laughs> you know, like stepping, <laughs> it was like, Oh no, I got to step off this curb. Um, but was, we went to, for our anniversary, we went to Colorado and went elk hunting for a week and we mm-hmm. hiked around the mountain. So I didn't run. We just like hiked. And so I was still active, but like it was probably the best recovery I could have had because I got to just be outside and moving around, but not feeling that like, oh, I got to get running, you know? Yeah, that's perfect. I asked one time I I was, um, and and you've been to the massage people that do massages at the end of the marathon. And I asked the question, Mm -hmm. I said, you know, how many of the elite runners come in to get massages? And he looked at me so surprised and he said, all of them. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I guess it really does help the lactic acid build up. but he actually said before the marathon was more important or as important. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. I I bet from training and to just loosen yourself up, you're not going to have anything go, go wrong while running the marathon. Yeah. But, before and after, but he did say that if you're, you know, the professionals and the elite athletes are doing that as part of their training and part of their recovery. Yeah. So, so they understand that your body has to recover. They're not out running the next day. Right. Right. <laughs> not, not, they may be jogging, but <laughs> right. yeah, not pushing it. Not. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So what would, if you were to, um, like feel like you wanted to give somebody like your grandkids or your children, you know, something 
like a story, some advice, something that like you feel you want to share or want them to hear, you know, like on record, what would that be? Set a goal that you, that you have a dream to do, whether it's athletic or anything and do it. You just have to do it. You have to put in the time and, and you can do hard things. And I say set a goal and work towards that goal and, and get it done. And my main point of advice to anyone is don't procrastinate. <laughs> right. You know, you, you can't do this next week. If you're going to set a goal, do it. You'll be so happy with yourself. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, one of the like funny things. So with the boys all mountain biking all summer and, and everything like with wakeboarding and, you know, just like being teenage boys, their whole, their saying is full send or no send. So everything is like full send or no send, you know, and like backflip on the wakeboard or going off a jump on the mountain bike. And I love that saying because it's, it's kind of like the teenage way of saying what you just said, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> do it or don't do it. But like, if you're gonna it's a cooler do it, way to say it, <laughs> like do it with a whole heart. Yes. I was ready. Do it. Do it yeah. smartly. But do it. Don't just talk about it. Do it. Absolutely. I was riding a trail in Texas and it was a mountain bike trail Um, when we were just there like a month or so ago. And there was like these little wooden jumps, you know, it didn't, they don't have mountains. They didn't have all these cool like Colorado trails and Santa Cruz, California trails, you know, but it was like these pretty well-maintained fun mountain bike trails that people had gone through some effort to make some cool jumps. One of the jumps said full send, you know, at the mm. top of it. And so you full send. And then it was kind of funny because on the back of it, when I'm coming back and it says, but you didn't die. So like it's so for, the, <laughs> for the people who full send, but ate it, you know, they're looking up back, you know, upside down at this, but you didn't die. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> I thought it was kind of clever. Well, again, that's that getting out of your comfort zone. You have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that that uh, philosophy is, you know, whether you're out playing or whether you're working, you know, whether you're advancing your career or yeah. your school or trying a science project or whatever, you just have to try it. Yeah. And you got to set yourself up as well as you can. You can't half try it. Exactly. What- gonna do you can't half try it yeah. you gotta hold it <laughs> try it have you seen that picture of the person they're standing like kind of on a steep slope and there's like water below them and it shows them like they've jumped and so they're in the air and it's like you're either in or you're out <laughs> <laughs> either in or you're out don't you can't like just sit there and be like okay one foot on a steep bank and one foot on the water like that's I haven't yeah, but it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, I'm stoked to get um this like kind of your story down and on record. And um you're super you're very inspiring. And when you said that you have not that interesting of a story, I fully disagree. <laughs> you have a very amazing, incredible story and have like well I there's a lot of people that have good stories, but I do 
think that anyone can really accomplish a lot. Yeah. And I, I love that. I want people to, to take hold of that. Cause so often you hear people say, Oh, I could never do that. You know, I could mm-hmm. never be a runner. I want to, but I could never do it. And I'm like, well, sometimes there's, there's physical things that yes, you're right. You can't be a runner, but you could do something else active, you know? Yeah. Some, some people don't have the biomechanical, um, body to be able to run but mm-hmm. and, and I don't right now um I, I I can jog a little bit but I can't run the distance anymore mm-hmm. but I can be an animal on a spin bicycle right. <laughs> you were showing me some of your stats you're like yeah I just burnt 900 calories <laughs> doing a and, uh, spin bike session yesterday was my birthday so I actually played hooky for the very first time I never play hooky from work but I played hooky for a couple hours uh-huh. and went down the- for a while but um, I can do that and get back out on the trails and and go mountain biking. But um, you know, but but again, back to the setting goals and stuff. You you just have to step off the cliff, like you said. I have papers at work that I have to write. You know, which are no different than a paper for college or a paper for high school or whatever. I work at a law office. Sometimes I have to write a very complicated paper, and you think, oh, I can't, I can't even do this. How am I going to do this? You just have to do it. You just have to sit down and start and go. Yeah. And you'll surprise yourself. So whether you're running or whether you're um, spin biking or whether you're mountain biking or doing a paper for school or college, you just have to start it and go. Right. And see, you know, like that continued consistent. Mm-hmm. Like taking steps forward is huge. It is. Yep. And keep going. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) It's easy to get distracted and it's easy to make excuses to yourself. Oh my goodness. Is it ever? It's so easy to be like, oh yeah, like I need to, you know, whatever. And And again, it helps to have somebody to do it with because, you know, I've had Stephanie and, and you don't call up somebody at five o'clock in the morning and say, you're not showing up after they're already Oh, you can't do it. <laughs> exactly. Yep, that's that's that I've totally used to. I rope people in. Um, like last night, I roped in my friend Christy. Um, for a what time did we like? And because I knew I could, we could run six miles, and I could be back in time to finish cooking everybody dinner. And like, it, and Chad was getting home at four thirty, so he could hang with the baby. Well, I went and ran for an hour and get back and make dinner. and so I was like well oh it is me to be then I'll do it so I roped her in to trick myself into an evening run (laughs) very good um I always even now if I'm going to do a spin bike class I, I stream them again I use studio sweat on demand but there's wonderful good streaming services and um I decide what class I'm going to take the night before because when you're in your nice warm bed, and, and I don't let myself say no, but when you're in your nice warm bed, <laughs> you, you know, you're like, you can just say no, but I, I don't leave myself that option. Yeah. I like that. Like, it's not an option. Mentally, for yourself, that's not one of the 
And you do the same thing, I'm sure. You know how many miles you're going to run tomorrow already. Yeah. Yeah. You, you set that goal the day before, and that way you don't have to think about it. You don't allow yourself to think about it. You just get up and do it. Right. And when you're, when you're out there, like 90% of the time I run what I set out to run or that's yes. very that, you're, that you fall short, you know, even by like a quarter mile, it's like the whole like, um, mommy, why did daddy run past the house? It's because her watch said she wasn't done yet. You know, <laughs> <laughs> us runners are about that. We have to be exact <laughs> mileage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't say we ran 6.79 miles last night, but I called a six mile yep. run because we didn't make seven. Because I didn't, yep. I didn't look at my um, Strava and I didn't have my watch on until after we finished. Oh. And I was like, dang it, we should have done another <laughs> 0.22 miles. Yep, I'm, I'm that way too. I have to have the, have the uneven, even mark. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well. Cool deal. Well, thank you, thank you. And it was awesome to chat with you. What was chatting? I don't know how interesting it was, but it was fun chatting. <laughs> Super interesting and good chat. And so... I found it interesting and hopefully other people can get motivated and, and find it interesting. Okay. Awesome. Well, have a good rest of your night. Okay. See you okay. later. Bye. Bye.